Hello and welcome to the second edition of Ask the Pastor. It's so good to see you. I'm glad that I have a few questions to talk about today. First question has to do with serving, with doing good works, since that's our emphasis this week, our challenge this week, and our 40-day challenge as we journey through Lent. And the question has to do with good deeds or good works done by Christians as opposed to good works done by people who aren't Christian, maybe some other religion or people that are non-religious in any meaningful sense in their life. Is there any qualitative difference between those good works? And that's a really good question, a really interesting question. I believe that uh, God is pleased when good is done anyone, anywhere, at any time. I think that uh, all good is good that God blesses to the benefit of the world and to the benefit of those who need a hand, those who need encouragement, those who need a second chance in life. I would say that there's a difference in good works in our own life. Uh, as Methodists, we have a very distinctive way of talking about good works. We don't do good works. We don't serve in order to earn our salvation. We do good works because God has already loved and saved us in Jesus Christ. And so we don't do them with a burden of uh, earning our way to heaven. We do them with the joy of sharing the love that we've experienced from God through Jesus Christ. The benefit of good works is on our end of the equation. We're blessed when we do works that mirror and reflect the life of Jesus in this world? It's a great question. Thank you for that one. The second one is about uh, last week's text, Mark 8, 31 through 38, when Jesus says to Peter, after Peter has tried to rebuke Jesus, telling them that he didn't have to die and suffer and do all those things Jesus was teaching about, Jesus says to Peter, uh, get behind me, Satan. You are thinking about the world and not about the things of God. And the question was, why is God so hard on Peter? <laughs> it seems pretty harsh to call Peter Satan. And I think that's a fair question. And I think it's important for us to realize that Jesus is in this moment where he knows it's important to uh, mark a line for people, to decide what it means to really follow him to really truly be his disciples. And so Jesus uses, as he often does, the strongest possible language. We call it hyperbole. The strongest possible language to get our attention, to make us uncomfortable. So we really listen to Jesus' words. I think the other reason that Jesus was so uh, hard on Peter at times would speak so bluntly with him is because Peter was the one to whom Jesus would give the keys to the kingdom, as one of the gospel writers says, that he would be the leader when Jesus was gone. And Jesus knew what it would take to be the leader of the disciples. Jesus knew the kind of commitment it would take and the kind of willingness it would take to follow the Spirit wherever the Spirit led, to follow God on purpose. And so Jesus pushes Peter, and he pushes those disciples to a place where they understand more fully what it means to say 
they are following Jesus, to say that they are disciples. Because of that, they really became the people that Jesus knew they could be. We see that at Pentecost when Peter preaches that sermon, the first Christian sermon, and uh, thousands of people were converted and the church was born. That wouldn't have happened if Jesus hadn't held up the expectations, if Jesus hadn't pushed them to be the people he knew they could be. And we try to carry that on in our own life in the church, in our families, in our relationships with one another. We hold each other accountable to expectations because the world still needs us to be the people Jesus knows we can be. The last question uh, for today also comes from that text. Uh, the very last verse in that text from the Gospel of Mark where Jesus says, if you are ashamed of me and these things that I teach you, uh, the Heavenly Father will be ashamed of you when the Son of Man comes in His glory. And that word ashamed is troubling, isn't it? It's another very strong word used to get our attention and used to make us think about the seriousness of our behavior and the seriousness of our choices. Jesus is talking about how he must suffer and be rejected and how he must be killed and how he would rise again and that if anybody wants to follow him, they have to deny themselves and take up their cross and follow him. If they want to save their life, they have to lose it. If they lose their life, they'll save it. Jesus knows those are hard words. And he knows that a whole lot of people in that big crowd that was listening to him that day, when they got away from him and they got away from the other disciples and they were with their friends, all of a sudden it might be a little embarrassing to say they followed Jesus or that this is what Jesus expects of me. And so Jesus uses that imagery to make us think, if we're ashamed of what Jesus teaches, if we're ashamed of what Jesus calls us to do, how much more ashamed would we be if we say no to Jesus, if we say no to following on purpose? God being ashamed of us, the God who loves us enough to send Jesus so that the whole world could be saved, G.K. Chesterton, one of the great English preachers and writers, talked about how that shame is a shame of a broken heart. Can you think of anything worse than breaking God's heart because we were ashamed of Jesus? Jesus wants us to see the importance of hearing His words and doing those words, living those words, in every aspect of our life. Well, thank you for sending in your questions. I hope you'll do the same thing next week. I look forward to coming to you again with Ask the Pastor. God bless.